Hi there. My name is Father Matt Kovisk, and I'm the rector of St. Mary's Anglican Church in Verdun. This Sunday is the last Sunday of Advent, and actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's, we're only a few days away from Christmas Eve. And I don't know about you, but even in this pandemic, time has both stood still and gone by quickly all at the same time. This last Sunday of Advent, we read about the lead-up to Jesus' birth, which we find in the first chapter of St. Luke's Gospel. We read it in two parts today. Our canticle, in place of the psalm, is Luke 1, 46-55, and for our Gospel reading, we hear Luke 1, 26-38. Now, one might expect a Gospel to start with the birth of Jesus, for one might think that the birth of Jesus is, quote, the beginning of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, interestingly enough, that's not the case in any of the four gospels. Each gospel story begins with what the gospel writer thought the community he was writing for needed to know before they heard the message of the birth of Jesus Christ. St. Matthew's gospel begins with the genealogy of Jesus, showing that he's descended from the house of David, from which the Messiah would come. St. Mark's Gospel gets right down to business with St. John the Baptist, the, quote, prophet of the highest, end quote, in the world of his preaching. St. John's Gospel begins with a long theological soliloquy or monologue about who Jesus Christ is. St. Luke's Gospel, like the other three Gospels, doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus Christ. It sets up the story of the birth of Jesus by telling the story about how Mary found out that she was pregnant with Jesus, among some other things. We call the story of Mary finding out that she was pregnant the Annunciation. And the word Annunciation is really just another fancy theological term, or word really, for announcement. In this announcement, the Archangel Gabriel visits the Blessed Virgin Mary and says these words, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, my friends, imagine with me what it would have been like for the Blessed Virgin Mary to hear those words. How would you feel if an angel appeared to you? Even in first century Palestine, an appearance by an angel was not a normal thing for us mere mortals to deal with. We learned of how the Blessed Virgin Mary actually reacted to these words from the Archangel Gabriel, as we read in Luke's Gospel. She pondered these words and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. As a quick aside, I probably mentioned this before, the Bible has a great way of softening reactions, and I think we've run into one of those times. I can only imagine what the Blessed Virgin Mary was feeling as she was in this situation. Sure, she pondered the words of the Archangel Gabriel, but I can only imagine the other feelings. I were in this situation, I'd probably be feeling some shock and some confusion running around in my head as I went through the situation. And in addition to this already shocking event of an archangel appearing to a mere mortal, the archangel Gabriel gives you even more shocking news, summed up in these three words. Congratulations, you're pregnant. Now sit back for a moment with me and put yourself in the Blessed Virgin Mary spot. Imagine all of this happened to you in the span of one short interaction. It's a lot to take in, isn't it? 
And somehow, through all of this, the Blessed Virgin Mary finds her brain again and asks the question, how could this possibly be? Since, according to the KJV, she knew not a man. The Archangel Gabriel replies with the famous words, with God, all things are possible. And after this, the Blessed Virgin Mary launches into what is fondly known as the Magnificat. The Magnificat is the first word of Luke 1, 46 in Latin, which reads, Magnificat anima mea dominum, my soul doth magnify the Lord. In the Magnificat, Mary rejoices that she has the privilege of giving birth to the promised Messiah. She gl then glorifies God for his power, holiness, and mercy. She looks forward to God transforming the world to the Messiah. And with this coming of the Messiah, the proud will be brought low, the humble will be lifted up, the hungry will be fed, and the rich will be sent empty away. With the coming of the Messiah, the world that she knew would be turned upside down. And finally, at the end, she exalts God because he has been faithful to his promise to Abraham. So what, you might be asking me, how does this help me in my own Advent preparations? At Christmas, we hear again the story of the birth of the timeless Son of God, which is both a life-changing and a world-changing event. And the stories of the last four weeks of Advent set the stage for this birth. The story of the Annunciation and the Magnificat set that stage in that they directly deal with the lead-up to his birth. The other stories have been giving context around Jesus' birth. This story is the how I found out I was pregnant story. And this how I became pregnant story of the Blessed Virgin Mary can actually show us a little bit about what the kingdom of God is like. And in addition to what we see in the Magnificat, where the rich will be sent empty away, the hungry will be fed, and all of these wonderful things that will come with the advent of the kingdom of God, the day spring from on high. I want you to think about the Blessed Virgin Mary for a moment. And just who was she? It's commonly thought that she was nothing more than a young peasant girl. Sure, sure, she was betrothed to Joseph, who was part of the family of David. Again, that line that thought that they were going to have the Messiah. But she was not part of that line herself. And in terms of the society that she was in at the time, she was actually pretty near the bottom rung. As a young, unmarried, and now pregnant woman, she held no status in the society around her. And this actually comes into play when we think about whose birth we're talking about. We're talking about the birth of the timeless Son of God, or, as George Frederick Handel put it in his work, Messiah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As a humanity, we ex kind of have an expectation for our kings not to be born to such humble beginnings. When was the last time you heard of a king or queen or prince or princess born in such humble beginnings? We don't expect them to be a peasant girl. We expect them to be nobility as part of the royal line, as was evidenced by David, the line of David. 
However, as the Archangel Gabriel shows the Blessed Virgin Mary, and as the Blessed Virgin Mary shows to us, nothing is impossible with God. And God, as he has done and continues to do from time immemorial to time immemorial, uses what the world will find um, less than stellar to make his purposes known. God uses this young, humble, peasant girl to completely change the world and turn it upside down. And perhaps that thought that nothing is impossible with God is an important one for us to remember as we draw ever closer to our celebrations of Christmas. And my friends, as you do your final preparations this week, I'd like you to do them while thinking about a question. How can you be strengthened by this assurance that nothing is impossible with God? The assurance that the Archangel Gabriel gave to the Blessed Virgin Mary and that is passed on down to us this day. The Blessed Virgin Mary shows us what that trust in that thought is like and through her faithfulness, through her grace, through her willingness to say yes to God's plan for our salvation, my friends, we are brought ever closer to God. And through her work as the Theotokos, the Greek for God-bearer, our lives are forever changed. And so on this day where we reflect on the life and the work of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it is only appropriate to pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks be to God.